This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, Canada's largest and most influential association fighting for the interests of Canadians as we age. Find out more at carp.ca. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Bob Komsik for Libby Snymer. While the war rages on over in the Middle East, Israeli families are praying for, while also doing what they can to secure the release of hostages. We try to stay everybody uh, optimistic. We all uh, trust and believe that uh, the hostages will be released, and, uh, and we hope very soon. And while it's just ended, the Ontario Chamber of Commerce Small Business Week theme, Small Business Big Ideas, carries on as your help is essential for their survival. They are our friends and neighbours and we want people to understand that they're a vital part of the community and, and small business in particular has never needed your business more than they need it today. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. A Holocaust survivor has a message for Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and the leaders of Hamas. Live and let live. We all belong to one big human race. 97-year-old Sarah Soroni, who became one of Israel's first citizens when it declared independence in 1948, is calling for a resolution to the conflict to avoid the loss of more innocent lives. For over 40 years after World War II ended, Saroni would not talk about the horror she experienced, but she says recent events have transported her back to that time and forced her to speak out, saying, you cannot live in a world with hatred. In a war, nobody wins. A clinical trial involving women in the U.S., Canada, and several other countries aims to help researchers understand if 3D mammograms are better than standard 2D imaging for catching advanced cancers. Researchers want 128,000 patients, including a large number of black women who face disparities in breast cancer death rates, as well as Hispanic and Asian women. Black women are 40% more likely to die from breast cancer than white women and tend to be diagnosed younger, but it's not clear if 3D mammography is better for them. New research out of Oxford University indicates a digital wearable device, similar to a Fitbit or Apple Watch, can track the progression of Parkinson's better than clinical observations by tracking more than 100 metrics picked up by the devices. Researchers saw subtle changes in the movements of Parkinson's patients that may not be visible to the naked eye. While not a cure, the findings may help gauge whether drugs and other therapies are working. Researchers say doctors will always remain a part of the process with sensors complementing their observations. According to a recent survey, Portugal, the Netherlands, and Iceland ranked at the top for the most financially adequate retirement systems. Canada ranked 12th, tied with Ireland. 
The ranking of 47 retirement income systems took into account adequacy, sustainability, and integrity. The survey gave Canada a rank of 70% or B, if you will. The retirement age in Portugal is 66 years, 7 months, and is due to drop by 3 months later this year, while the Netherlands requires all workers to have a private and public pension account. And then there's Iceland, which has both a state pension and pension supplement. The average age of retirement in Canada, 64 and a half years. I'm Bob Comsick, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. With many in Canada and around the world having ties with Israel, families in that region whose relatives were taken hostage by Hamas are doing all they can to help the government secure the release of all captives. Among them, Malki Shemtov, who recalls the day terrorist gunman grabbed his 21-year-old son, Omer. 6.30 a.m. on Saturday, uh, alarm sound all over Israel. Uh, I called Omer and just uh, I, I just wonder what about him. And he told me that he is hearing the alarm. And he, his friends are trying to find a shelter or a place to hide. The, the, the bombing didn't stop. And it was like continuing and continuing. And I started to have with Omer many phone calls, and uh, for one phone call to another phone calls, he found much more panic and much more uh, hysteric. He told me that uh, from one phone call to another that uh, it, the, the situation is really bad, and uh, even in the one of the last phone call, he told me that uh, they are shooting uh, on them, and, uh, and they cannot... Uh, find the, the car and where to hide. And uh, that he said that uh, he saw some even dying people. And it was really, it was really terrible. An Israeli military spokesperson has said that the families of the just over 200 believed to have been captured by Hamas and taken into Gaza had been notified. Has your family been notified, or is yours one of those families? Yes, uh, I mean, we, we got in, in the evening, uh, we got a video that was published by the Hamas that uh, Omer has been t- taken as an hostage and, and, and as an hostage, and, uh, and uh, he was alive and cast on a, on a kind of pickup something with, uh, with his friends. And uh, two, la- two days later, we got the uh, confirmation from the government that they know that he was kidnapped and he's uh, held, held in uh, Gaza as a, as a hostage. There's just no way you can do anything except think about your son's fate. A lot of parents would be concerned, calling on others to do what they can, calling on governments, but you as well are trying to make an effort to have those hostages released. Can you tell us a bit about your efforts? I have a relative, uh, Dudi Zamanovich, that uh, the day after he came to my house uh, with other, let's say, professional teams that was involved in uh, in a negotiation uh, about Gilad Shalit and uh, 
and uh, they he told me let's immediately uh, start to organize all the families and uh, and let's see how we can help all the families uh, and then in other another three days we he gave us is the office the whole floor office in Tel Aviv and we have now headquarters that work for the families of all the hostages and missing uh, uh, and the missing and this headquarters work in different uh, different aspects in order to help everybody to to find and to release the the hostages from uh, from the kidnappers. And all you really can do is just remain optimistic and hopeful that this will all end the way you and all the other families want it to. Yes, we we try to stay everybody uh, optimistic. We all uh, trust and believe that uh, the hostages will be released. Uh, it's it's crazy. They took today uh, today I learned that there is also a baby of two weeks. Two weeks they took him as a from his dad from his parents that they've been murdered and uh, he's held by them. There are kids over there of one year old and they're they're young, they're the grandmothers, their handicaps over there. It's it's unbelievable what the Hamas did over there. Unbelievable, unbelievable. So because they have almost more than two hundred people over there, we believe that everybody will be released, and uh, and we hope very soon. Mr. Shemtov, that's the hope from this side of the world as well. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, we need uh, we need the support of all the world uh, to to influence, to to do everything to make awareness about the hostages and uh, help in order to release them and make it fast and and uh, safe and uh, that everybody will come back, all the dearest come back to the families. Sir, again, that's our hope as well. And uh, may may that hope, may your wishes and the wishes of all the families come true and end the way you want them to and the way the world wants this to. Amen. 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 Thank you very much. Thank you very much for your support. And thank you very much for the awareness that you can help and uh, and spread the the message to all the listeners, to the whole audiences, and um, hopefully all will come and in a good way. Israeli father Malki Shemtov, whose 21-year-old son Omer was taken by Hamas gunmen from one of their targets, the music festival in southern Israel. I'm Bob Comsick, and this is a Zoomer Week in Review. Coming up, as Ontario wraps up Small Business Week, a look ahead with the president of Canada's largest provincial chamber of commerce. 
You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, giving you the opportunity to get involved and make your community a better place for seniors. Find out more at carp.ca. With Small Business Week now in the rearview mirror, it's not too late to recognize and celebrate the more than 400,000 small businesses in Ontario and their 2 million employees. The president of the Ontario Chamber of Commerce, Rocco Rossi, begins by looking down what the Bank of Canada still sees as a rocky road as companies expect sales growth to slow over the coming year. What do you make of the BOC's position, outlook, if you will? Well, it's interesting because obviously um, by increasing uh, interest rates, their their goal actually is to crush demand, uh, slow demand, and uh, guess what? It's working for them, and, and our members are certainly feeling that, and they have all kinds of challenges that they're facing from labor shortages to people now having to... Uh, cut back on their purchases because cost of living is is up in many households, and uh, that makes it difficult for them to uh, to buy everything that they might otherwise uh, want to uh, want to buy. And it, it also we still don't have a, a full return to office. So if uh, our member is in uh, you know central city locations, whether it's the path. In Toronto or Spark Street in uh, in Ottawa or other uh, like places, uh, you simply don't have the same foot traffic coming to your door anymore. Your organization has found that small and medium-sized businesses are facing negative effects, declining employee, and there's also the community mental health as a result of what's being called echo pandemic. We knew before COVID that uh, mental health was an issue. One in four, one in five Ontarians, Canadians affected. And there's no question that uh, that COVID has exacerbated uh, the issue. And so our goal is to provide some tools and resources, you know, particularly to the small and medium-sized businesses that... Uh, have less in the way of infrastructure, HR departments, et cetera, than the larger ones have uh, to deal with this issue because it's an enormous, obviously an enormous human issue, but it's also an enormous productivity uh, issue when you already have labor shortages. If people both themselves and those that they care for at home are struggling with mental health issues, this has enormous consequences on their ability to do their job. What's a key recommendation from the report? Well, the the first thing is really the kind of the destigmatization. We've talked about it for a long time that it's important that people have a, a safe environment where they can raise these issues, and the more that we can deal with uh, the stigma, the better able we are to to deal with um, the struggles that people are having. Uh, and helping them get to uh, to a better place. It's better for them and it's better for the organization. Talking to you during Small Business Week, what is the Ontario Chamber of Commerce's campaign theme, if you will? Well, at the end of the day, it's, it's small business, big ideas, um, because 
almost 98% of all businesses in Ontario and Canada, for that matter, are small, medium-sized businesses. And that represents over uh, 80% of workers work for small, medium-sized businesses. Um, So it really is uh, important. And one of the things that we want to underscore, uh, because sometimes people draw this distinction and say there's a business community and then there's a community. There is only a community and business is part of it. Those small businesses are vital in all of our cities, towns, hamlets. Uh, they're what animate our main streets. They're the people who have been there uh, through good times and bad, supporting our local charities, our local hockey teams. They are our friends and neighbors, and we want people to understand that they're a vital part of the community. And, and small business in particular has never needed your business more than they need it today. And there's the upcoming Ontario Economic Summit, which will be taking place in Toronto at the beginning of November. Keynote speaker, the Premier. I'm sure you'll, you and uh, some other key uh, members of your organization and others will all be, uh, I guess, wanting to, to bend Doug Ford's ear more than just a little bit during uh, and especially after his speech. I'm sure everyone will be uh, looking to uh, find some time on the sidelines with him. No question. I mean, this is our premier event of the year, and um, we not only have the premier, but uh, uh, many of the the cabinet ministers for roundtables with our members. At the end of the day, as fantastic uh, as our members are and their businesses and their products and services, the reality is that public policy makes an enormous difference, regulation, taxation, decisions, investments that governments are making is crucial to the future success uh, or failure of our economy. And so our members will be listening intently and we continue to work with uh, parties of all stripes, governments of all stripes at all levels, municipal, provincial, federal, Um, because as I said, public policy really does matter and it can be a headwind or a tailwind for our efforts and everything that we do at the Ontario Chamber of Commerce is focused on uh, ensuring that as much as possible, it's a tailwind. Rocco Rossi, president of the Ontario Chamber of Commerce. That brings us to the end of this week's edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Bob Comsick for Libby Snymer. Thanks for joining me. Be sure to come back next week to stay up to date with all things Zoomer worldwide. Zoomer Week in Review is produced by Zeev Huddy, Christine Ross, and Paul Thomas. Technical producer, Justin Eacock. Executive producer, Moses Neimer. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.